I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. It can rock the Christian world across the denominations with one man that has a TV show and rocks this whole entire world, brings it to a halt. People are upset and frustrated. The Christian world's upset. People don't want to go and watch A&E. People don't want to go to Cracker Barrel because they think Cracker Barrel is uh, supporting the left. And um, I've seen a lot of a lot of uh, statements that I agree with, but I've come to the grips. I've come to I'm come to the understanding the older that I get that this is the way it's supposed to be because the Bible says that there'd be a time when when we would call evil good and we would call good things evil and I, I don't I, I get frustrated and I don't like certain administrations administration I don't, I'm not going to go into it I don't like it I don't like what they stand for but when are we as a church going to understand that we're in trouble when we start getting accepted by the world And another big problem is that when we start accepting the things of this world and the world starts accepting us, the fact is the Bible says, Jesus said it, He said, you'll be hated by all men for my name's sake. So when we speak truth, people's going to get mad. The devil is going to start raising his head and start trying to keep us quiet and it has for centuries we act like this is a new thing but it started out in the wilderness when John the Baptist began to preach a message pointing to Jesus when he said prepare ye the way of the Lord make his path straight and then there was a spirit that is very prevalent to this day a spirit of Herodias that she cut the head off of the messenger but how many of you know that you can cut the head off the messenger, but you will never silence the message? They've tried to keep us quiet for years, but it's not going to work. I'm not going to worry about TV programs and, and all that. I'm, I get frustrated about it too, but I love it when the devil gets ticked off. I just love it. If you have your Bibles, Luke 2, seems like here lately I've been making you stand at the beginning. I apologize for that. I had a message to preach, and then I realized that they were going to do Christmas songs, and, and uh, it's Sister Krause's fault that I had to change messages. She put a... a uh, whatever in my spoke and I had to get something else to preach and, and this is this is it. So if I do a bad job, I'm just kidding. Luke 2, 7 through 18. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger 
king-size bed, a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn, and there was in the same country shepherds abiding the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and there were sore, they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an, the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and, and earth, peace, good will toward men. And it shall come to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. And the shepherds said one to another, Let's go, Let us go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told by the shepherds. Tonight I want to preach to you for just a little bit on the benefits of Christmas. The benefits of Christmas. In Jesus' name you may be seated. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We often, many times, we lose sight of what Christmas is really all about. It's become so commercialized. It, it's, it's kind of a joke. I don't know if you've seen any of the news footage of shopping for Black Friday, but I ain't never seen so many crazy women and men. No, don't get... I, I'm going to... Hold on. I've never seen so many crazy women... And men, on a shopping day, people think that Christmas is about getting the best deal. And it has become such a money-hungry society, we often get caught up in the commercial rush of things. We put so much pressure on ourselves to, to buy this certain one, a certain gift, and make them happy, and worrying about them being unhappy, and we ruin it for ourselves. And it, it, it happens to most of us, if not all of us. We somehow we lose sleep and get stressed out because of the stress that we allow a holiday to put on us. And in Charlie Brown Christmas Carol, if you've ever seen that, it revealed them to be consumed and involved in the de decorations, involved in the gifts, involved in the parties, involved in the play, involved in all the things that goes along with Christmas. And in the middle of the frustration, Charlie Brown, he yells out, Isn't there anybody here that knows what Christmas is really about? And Linus 
stands up and he says to Charlie Brown, Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you exactly what Christmas is about. Linus proceeds to answer Charlie Brown in probably one of the most Christian religious scenes that ever appeared on national television. Linus steps forward at the front of the stage and they are standing on pins and needles as he says, Lights, please. And the lights, they go dim and the spotlight appears on him and he begins to speak. He begins to quote from the Bible the book of Luke, chapter 2, the same passage that we read to, to, about, uh, through tonight. He begins to read verse 8 through 14, and then he comes back to Charlie Brown, and he says, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. He concludes, Linus is exactly right. The message is about the angels. It was not about the lights. It's not about trees or parties or plays or presentation or presents. The message of the angel was about Jesus Christ. Can I tell you here tonight that it's always been about Jesus? It's always been about Jesus. I'm glad to know that Santa Claus is not the center of my life. I remember a few, a couple of months ago, uh, we were, uh, walked in the men's restroom, and it was it was your son, uh, Jamin, and uh, it was uh, uh, Daniel. He was in there, and we was talking, and someone said something about the Easter Bunny, and I said he's real, and and I, they said, uh, <laughs> Jamin said, no, he's not real, and I said, yeah, he is. I saw him at the mall. I said, I saw him there, and I said, Santa Claus is real too. He said, no, he's not. He's fake. I said, I saw him personally at the mall. And Jamin, he steps up, man. He had his chest puffed out, and I mean, he didn't even blink an eye. He said, you call yourself a pastor telling us those kind of lies. I'm glad to know that we've got children that knows what Christmas is all about when we're frustrated about things and we're worried about the everything about presents and gifts. We've got children that know who the truth is and what Christmas is all about. It's always been about Jesus. Jesus should be the center of our life. I'm not giving some fat man with a beard credit for what I've worked hard for when I give my kids gifts. I give credit for God that gave me the ability to get a job and work and give to my kids. It's about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. The angel, he speaks out. Listen to what the angels told the shepherd on the hillside. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. The Bible says that the glory shows up. He showed up in the flesh. Glory uh, comes from the word doxa, D-O-X-A. 
It means brightness or splendor or majesty. We can learn from the glory of God comes. It can come at any time when they least had expected it. They were there minding their own business. These shepherds, they were doing their jobs, ordinary evening, ordinary people. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the glory of the Lord comes into their lives. They weren't expecting it because we know that the Bible says... They were frightened by it. That same glory is here tonight. 2,000 years later, the glory shows up at McCormick's Creek Church. You hear me? Maybe you come to just an ordinary Christmas service, sing a couple songs, say a prayer, hear a sermonette for a Christianette, and then go home. But the glory of the Lord could come to you tonight. Some of you have come tonight with problems that you're facing, sorry, sorrowful and, and in pain and, and, and depression and, and, and worrying about things to come. But the good thing is that the glory of the Lord is here. You're not hearing me. I said the glory of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need an experience of the glory to show up in our services. It's not good enough just to come and have mediocre services in this last day. We need a supernatural move of God. We need uh, the spirit of the glory of God to come in here so strong that it made us so fearful like it did to those men that day when they were uh, watching their sheep. We need a presence of God in our last day that it breathes a fear of God in us. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord showed up that night when they least expected it. And it changed their lives forever. Church should be a time and an experience that changes our life. We should leave this place and walk out of here and go, My goodness, something happened tonight. To me, something happened in the service. Something happened in our youth group tonight. We need to latch on to that. You, you know what we... I, I didn't know. Okay, I'm just, I didn't mean to get in all this. You know what we do when we don't have the right kind of service that we th- We blame the preacher. We, we blame the singers and, well, the singing, it just wasn't right. The fact is that the glory of God is here. It is our fault if we don't allow the glory to affect us. I said the glory of the Lord is right here. And you're not impressed with it, I can tell. But can I tell you, He's here. And if you don't get your healing... If you don't get your miracle, it's between you and God. It's not His fault. It's not my fault. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was a life-changing experience. The glory of the Lord shined. The angel of the Lord 
speaks, the first thing he says, he said to fear not. When the presence of God shows up, when the presence of God reveals himself to his people, we should not have to live in fear. We should not have to fear failure. We shouldn't have to fear sickness. We should not have to fear death. Fear and inadequacy in ourselves, it cannot stay. Fear of being alone has to go. There are people that fear being alone on holidays. But can I tell you that when Jesus Christ shows up, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to feel alone. The presence of God overshadows the power of fear. And that was what the angel of the Lord says. He said, you've been without this Redeemer. You've been without this Savior for a long time. But you can rest. Put your fears to rest. The presence of the Lord is here. You don't have to fear anything. You don't have to fear it. The spirit of fear keeps us from getting what we need from God. The spirit of fear keeps us in our seats because we're afraid to get out of ourselves and worship. But God is trying to speak to us tonight. It's time that we put our fears in the grave. Because the glory of the Lord came. You don't understand my life, Brother Hill. You don't understand where I'm at. It's just like these shepherds. They weren't perfect people. They had their flaws. They had their mistakes. But despite their flaws, God chose to reach out to them. His message unto them was one of faith and not of fear. No matter what you've done in your life, you don't have to be afraid to face God. It doesn't matter where you've been and how far down you've been in sin. It doesn't matter what you've been. But when you meet God, you don't have to be afraid. We can say we don't feel worthy. But can I tell you that the shepherds were an outcast to their society, discarded by everyone else. They were looked down on. They were, they were, they were dirtbags, basically, in their day. It was, it was an unwanted job. But yet, at the birth of Jesus Christ, when He made His entry into this world, you know who He went to get first? He said, go find me the shepherds. What He was really saying was, go find the lowest down person in this world because I want to meet them first. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You don't have to be high society to experience this. They weren't expecting this Christmas message, were they? (laughs) said, go get me the, the lowest and worst people that you can find. Hallelujah. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to feel unworthy. Oh my. He said, I bring to you good tidings. The angel speaks with a specific message for his shepherds. He said, he knows right where you are. He went right to them. He knew exactly where those shepherds were in the middle of the night when they were all alone. He knows right 
where that they needed to be also. God knows tonight where you are. He knows your pains. He knows your afflictions. He knows how he, he knows how broken you feel, Sister Fox, tonight. He understands the pain that you're going through. He knows exactly where you're at. But the best thing about it, he knows exactly where to direct you. Because what does what he say to him? He said, I know you where you're at. But he said, There's a star right there. He said, I want you to follow it. Hallelujah. The best thing to do when you're feeling pain in your spirit and you feel broken is to follow the star because the star will, will lead you straight to the light of Israel. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. A voice that cries out like an angel so many years ago that first Christmas night said, Come to Jesus. He said, he said, I come to give you great joy. Great joy. The message that the angel brought is one of hope and one of great joy. There was hope because the angel says there shall be great joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the reason why many times, not many times, but all the time, when we're weak, it's because we have lost our joy. When Jesus speaks into your life, you can know that there shall be a change. There's going to be a transformation and a revolution in your life. Not for the bad, but for great joy. He didn't just say joy, but He said great joy. Joy that passeth all understanding. A joy that you don't understand that when you have a loss in your family, you can still find peace. You can still find joy. When everything around you fails and falters because His presence is here, He said you're going to have great joy. Great joy. I don't... I guess I can understand why that this time of the year is by far the most depressing time of the year. And from what I understand, and I don't know, I'm not real big on statistics, but I do know that, uh, that Jan around January, uh, the last part of January, is the number one time, February and January and all through there, is the number one time for suicides. Because when bills and credit cards start pouring in from what we've put on, 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 on credit at Christmas time, people start getting depressed and they wonder why in the world uh, they feel in that way. They just, they just kill themselves. It breaks my heart. But it, it just, it, it, the fact is that if you're depressed on Christmas, you're celebrating the wrong reason. You, you, I want you to hear me. If you're depressed on Christmas, you have celebrated for the wrong reason. I'm going to say it again. We get depressed because some family don't show up or certain family does show up. Or you get depressed because you didn't get the exact 
right shoes that you wanted or you didn't get the right present that you wanted and we all get depressed but it's because we have celebrated the wrong reason hear me he said the angel of the lord shows up and he said i bring to you joy hold on he hadn't even done anything God in the flesh hadn't brought one gift. He hadn't done one miracle. He hadn't given one present to anybody. Never healed a blinded eye. Never opened deaf ears. Never resurrected one dead person. But he said, I bring to you joy. Not just joy, but great joy. So which tells me that it ain't about getting healed and delivered but just the mere fact that He shows up. He's here. I bring you joy. I don't have to get gifts to have joy. If He doesn't do another thing for me in my life, I still should have joy. Why? Because He's here. Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Indescribable joy. Wow. My goodness. The voice of God was not just directed at those shepherds on the hillside over 2,000 years ago. But the echoes reverberate throughout the rest of the land and even through time itself to right now. To all people, the birth of Jesus is not just something for those shepherds to celebrate, but it is cause for celebration around the world, down through the ages. Let that same exact voice, when he said, I come to bring you joy, it's still for this day. It's just as powerful today. It's just as real for us today. He said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This day in the city of David. Notice he did not say he came to heal the sick. He never said he came to raise the dead. He said He came as a Savior. Oh my. Hold on. I've got I to gotta catch my thoughts here because God's getting ready to do something in our spirits in here. These men are minding their own business. He was caught up in their everyday jobs. Looked down on by society. They were the least of, of the job. Uh, I mean, most of the time, the shepherd's job was an inherited job. Dad was a shepherd. 
So I, I guess I'll be stuck with it. These men were all alone. And they were out in the dark when the angel of the Lord shows up. And he knew exactly where they were at. But he also told them exactly where to go. God has always made himself accessible to man, regardless how far down you've been. I don't care what what kind of drugs or how much alcohol you've taken. I don't care how you feel about yourself or what you think about yourself when you look in the mirror and you say, I don't feel like I'm worthy. God has always made Himself accessible to the lowest of the lows. When we feel lost and we feel forsaken, we can get a hold of Jesus any time of the day. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ has made Himself available? They knew the dangers of the people that would be around Jesus. They knew that Herod was out to kill the Savior. It was known that, that the babies were being killed and, and, and thrown in, in, in the rivers because they, the king was paranoid of the Christ child. And these shepherds, they understood that just them going, would put their lives at danger. It's never easy to live for God, I'll tell you that. When you start serving Jesus, and you're baptized in the precious blood of Jesus, you're also going to be a target for the enemy. Understand that. But they could have cared less. I'll tell you why. Because up until that very moment, there was absolutely no hope. Every sin that they had ever committed was rolled back just for a year. There was never any cure to their sickness. There was never any answer to their disease. There was never any blood that could put their sins underneath and for forever. It was just one year to the next. And so they were willing to go because for the first time in their life they had a Savior in their future. And so they were willing to face the dangers of this world to find their Savior. The birth of Jesus signified the beginning of His earthly ministry. But He was not born just to heal the sick. He was not born just to cleanse the lepers. He was not born just to cause the lame to walk and the dumb to talk and the blinded eyes to see and to cast out devils and and cast out demons and even raise the dead. But He was born to be the Savior of this world. To be the Savior. Why? Simple. Because every single one of us Needed saving. We all needed saving. They went to see Jesus. Christ. The Bible says He was the Christ, which means the Lord. Christ means the Anointed One. 
Lord means God. It is a title and term reserved for God Himself. They went to see the flesh of God. They went to see for the first time in their life the same God that they had heard about talked in the le- they, what they some considered to be legends and just fables. They knew exactly who He was. They knew exactly that they, who they were going to see. They knew that when they went to see this baby in a manger, that they were going to be looking in the face of the one that breathed breath into their lungs. That's what drove them there. For the first time in their life, they were looking for the answer. Tonight, as the music comes, I, I, I want us tonight to, to all close our eyes. And we need to throw every care and every worry to the to side. We need to really, truly acknowledge what the benefit of what Christmas truly is. It's not about Christmas lights. It's, it's, it's good to get together, and I'm excited about seeing my family. I ain't seen in a long time. It's more than just a ham, turkey, and pies, and it's more than just Christmas lights and decorations. It's more than getting presents. It's, it's really more than even giving presents. But it's really the acknowledgement of the entry way to a Savior into our life. When we were broken, when we were least deserving, He came into this world and made Himself available. This huge, vast, what seemed to be a distant God He came down and made himself vulnerable. Put himself in the womb of a lady called Mary. And he was born. And he understood what it was like to feel pain. He understood what it was like to have growing pains. He understood what it was like to be bullied. He understood what it was like to be an outcast. He understood what it was like to be sick. He understood what it was like to lose a loved one. And he understands exactly where you're at tonight. But he came that he might save a lost and dying world. That is what Christmas is all about. I know there's people here, people in our families that don't have as much as others. I I wish I had a billion dollars and I could buy everybody a Christmas gift. I know there's people here tonight that that feel downhearted, depressed. But can I tell you, you don't have to feel that way tonight. Because, here I'm just being honest, if you're depressed over Christmas, you're celebrating it 
the wrong reason. Because he said, I come to give you great joy. Let's all stand here tonight. I'm going to open this altar. I, I know it's, it's a Christmas message. and it's, But if you feel led to come to this altar, I'm going to open it up. We're going to sing a song. And all over this place, I just want you to lift your hands to Jesus. And if you feel heavy tonight, if you feel like you got the cares of this world on your shoulders, I want you just to give it to Jesus. Because that's exactly what He came to do. The Bible says to cast all your cares upon Him. He come to bear our burdens. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This altar is open. I'm going to lay this mic down. If you feel like you need to come to this altar, I want you to come. Hallelujah, hallelujah.